Holy shit, did you realize that meditation can actually help you live longer? Check out this article from Psychology Today, which is called, wait for it, Can Meditation Help You Live Longer? Researchers have recently uncovered remarkable evidence that quieter brains are associated with a longer lifespan. In a study published in Nature, Zolo et al. 2019 and his associates conducted a series of experiments with human and animal subjects that showed a direct connection between brain excitation and longevity. Specifically, researchers found that manipulating the activity of a protein called RE1 silencing transcription factor, or REST, which suppresses brain activity, was directly related to how long the organism lived. REST regulates the expression of certain genes and is involved in quieting down and reducing neural activity. When this protein is blocked, it is associated with increased neural activity and earlier death. When rest was enhanced, the organisms lived longer. This was true for experiments involving worms, mice, and when examining the brains of humans who had died at various ages. These studies suggest that interventions reducing or decreasing brain activity could extend our lifespan. That's, by the way, only one of a whole ton of studies that have recently been done on just the subject of meditation and longevity alone, which is one of a seemingly infinite number of benefits for the practice. A lot of people recently have been talking about the ability of meditation to lengthen your telomeres, which I'm not a scientist, so you'll have to look this up, is an indicator of the the potential length of your lifespan. Pretty amazing stuff. The benefits of meditation range from increasing your intelligence, I mean, all the way down to improving the physical quality of the gray matter in your brain and connectivity in your brain, improving emotional well-being, improving your health, improving your relationships with the people that you love most, deepening insight and creativity, helping your career and financial success, decreasing stress, burnout, just about everything to the point where I don't think it's a controversial statement at all to say that probably outside of physical exercise and a good diet, meditation is just about the best thing that you can possibly do for yourself. It's one of the few things in life that pays off exponentially the time that you put into it. And if you think about it in terms of life extension, not only is the time put into meditation not lost, it may actually add time to your lifespan but also vastly increases the quality of those lived years. I am saying this not from the perspective of being a scientist, because I'm not one, but somebody who has meditated for 25 years and has seen the benefits of that in his own life. Why am I saying this? Well, as you may have already seen, Magic.me has just put out a brand new mega course, which means it's on the same level as Adept Initiative, Alchemy of Chaos, and more to come. Mastering Meditation. It's available at magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. Mastering Meditation, which I am calling the greatest course on the planet for learning and mastering the core fundamentals of true meditation, mindfulness, and yoga. Why do I say true meditation? Real simple, there's a lot of BS meditation out there. And when I say BS, I mean everything from silly apps and guided meditations on YouTube to just kind of vague, woo, new age affirmation, positive thinking, incense and fuzzy feelings, to corporate mindfulness training, probably the most pernicious of all, to just frankly silly cults like Transcendental Meditation who proffer really, really basic techniques that I think anyone who listens to this podcast could probably come up with in their spare time. This is very frustrating for me because Like I said, I've spent now a quarter of a century not just studying magic, but studying meditation and honestly putting a lot more time into pure meditation than magic because it's just a better technique. Magic is awesome. Also, it's really fun. It's colorful. It's great as a beginning technique. It obviously really appeals to people and uh, can actually be very, very useful as we've talked about a lot on this podcast for just kind of getting day-to-day things done in your life. But meditation is the ultimate, and even even some of the great authorities on magic would agree with me in saying that magic is really just preparation for meditation. 
meditation is the royal technique if what we're talking about, which is what we're talking about in this course, is Raja Yoga, the Eightfold Path of Yoga, true yoga, not flexi-bendy yoga, but the yoga of total transformation of your mind, your body, and your entire being, all the way down to the cellular level, the brain structure level, and yes, this is backed up by science. Meditation, true meditation, is the technique, the primary technique that humanity has for truly evolving from our current animal state to something greater, something much more effective, something truly human, truly awake and aware. It is the path of evolution. And I think that honestly, just calling it evolution is perhaps an even better way of putting it than meditation. So if that's the case, why do we have this kind of milk toast idea about meditation? Like, oh, that's a nice to have, like, you know, uh, when we talk about meditation, we immediately imagine kind of like stock photos of women in spandex meditating on a hill somewhere in, you know, Indonesia at dawn, living their best life. Or we just think about it in terms of, I don't know, this kind of people seem to kind of think about it the same way they used to think about going to church. It's like, oh, yeah, like I should do that. That would be good. But really, it doesn't benefit me at all. So why bother? Well, there's a really obvious explanation for why this is. And that is simply that people do not have actual meditation techniques. This is going to be a non-controversial statement for anyone listening to the podcast who actually has studied this stuff who has looked at Raja Yoga, who has looked at Buddhist meditation techniques, who has looked at Vipassana, who has looked at the meditation techniques given in the Western esoteric tradition by people like Alan Bennett and his student Alistair Crowley. I'm not making a controversial statement here. A lot of you will be nodding along and knowing exactly what I'm talking about. The meditation that is commonly available in the quote-unquote shutter spiritual marketplace is kind of like something designed for a Whole Foods checkout lane. It's a lifestyle brand. You know, it's like not very appealing. And the reason it's not appealing is because they watered it down. And the reason they watered it down is because they thought it would achieve more mass acceptance that way. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I mean, we could all bear to meditate more, even if it's with the most basic techniques. But I have learned in my own life that I am attracted to the real stuff, the most intense stuff. I like a challenge. I want to know that what I am doing is valid, that comes from the highest authorities, that I am not wasting my time, that I am not dinking about with something that was just created as a marketing technique. And I've also found that my students feel the same way. You all want the real stuff. Presumably, that's why one of the reasons why it, I mean, it can't be my scintillating personality, of which I have none, but <laughs> one of the reasons why you listen to my podcast and take my courses, that I'm giving you real stuff, cutting through the nonsense and just handing you the techniques. Because, you know, why would I have dedicated myself to something like this? Magic and meditation come across as so silly, and they are silly on the, on the front, on the surface of them, but underneath that are the most profound techniques we have for being fully human, for evolving, not just to, I don't even want to talk about like something greater than human. I don't know if that exists, but just for becoming fully human. And I don't think actually that there's anything more important than meditation. When you really get into a groove with meditation, it becomes so overwhelmingly pleasurable and so fulfilling and so spiritually satisfying and so productive just in terms of getting rid of illusions in your life that could have wasted years, decades of your life. It's so rewarding that it's easy to get the feeling that you don't really want to do anything else. Nothing else comes close. And again, people who listen to this podcast, there are many of you who are very advanced, know exactly what I'm talking about. So that said, how do we distinguish what quote unquote real meditation is? And I'm going to say this up front. When I say that there is a distinction 
between commonly available meditation techniques and the true meditation, I am not making a claim for anything that I came up with. I'm not saying my system is better because I'm not teaching a unique system, at least when it comes to meditation. Magic, yes. When it comes to meditation, I view my job very seriously as presenting to my audience and to English-speaking Western people the actual t- the actual tradition in a way that makes sense for 2022 the actual tradition which is tens of thousands of years old which has worked for people for tens of thousands of years which will work for people tens of thousands of years from now i see myself as a marketer and custodian of the real tradition and so my goal here is to strive to be a good representative of that tradition so when I am drawing a clear distinction between true meditation techniques of which I consider primarily Raja Yoga, the Eightfold Path of Yoga, Vipassana, also which is more broadly known as Theravada Buddhism, or it's the primary technique of Theravada Buddhism, uh, more advanced um, Tibetan meditation techniques and things like that. But I would primarily say for Western students, Raja Yoga and Vipassana being the two biggies. When I'm making statements that those are superior to, I don't know, downloading the Headspace app, I'm doing it echoing what the tradition says. I'm doing it echoing what my gurus and the people that I have learned from have said, and I'm doing it out of the depth of my own personal experience. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. And I think that since the 1960s, spirituality has been marketed in such a way that people are not being told the truth. They're being given watered-down techniques and treated like children in the hope that it will spread better that way. Well, that's for other people to do. That is not my job. I don't agree with that, at least for what I'm doing here. So the question is, what is meditation? And I think the best way to answer this question, as truthfully as possible, is just to talk about my own experience and my own journey through it. So when I was about 17 or 18, 16, 17, 18, I got interested in magic in general. And I've I've talked a lot about that on this podcast. But as you all know, one of the first things that you come across when you first start studying magic, the first thing that they say is you need to learn how to silence your mind. You need to learn how to focus your mind on one thing at a time. You need to learn how to meditate. And so that's what I started to do at that age. And I took it very, very seriously. Um, I was following, you know, the basic instructions you get from magical teachings like Crowley's Liber E, like Liber MMM from Peter Carroll. And they basically say the same thing, which is learn how to quiet your, learn how to still your body, learn how to focus your mind single pointed and learn how to control your breathing. And by doing this, you will master your mind. And if you learn how to master your mind, you can master literally anything. Not only have you mastered yourself, but anything you put your mind to, you can then achieve with single-pointed focus, which is an ability that people just don't have. And that's only gotten worse, frankly, with the introduction of smartphones and related things. That applies not just to quote-unquote magic, but literally, if you can single-pointed focus then you can single-pointed focus over a long period of time on your goals in life, whatever those are. And also in learning how to do that, you really do discover that just the ability to master your mind is ultimately a lot more important than whatever you then turn your mind to do. So this idea really, really appealed to me. It appealed to me a lot more than, you know, just the kind of vague spiritual books that I was seeing at Barnes and Noble on feel-good Buddhism and, and uh, you know, how nice it is to be a nice person and, and, and petting puppies and all that's wonderful and all that. But I didn't want a affirmation. I didn't want self-help. I didn't want something to make me feel good that somebody else said. I wanted the experience. And for me, just the challenge of being able to turn off my mind Can you do it or not? It's binary. It's black or white. You can't BS it. That really, really, really appealed to me. That precision. You know, no spiritual language, no religion, nothing except can you turn off your mind or not? And of course, 
as a lot of you have found out as you've had this experience, when you start doing this, it's really, really hard. You find out that your mind is weak and flabby and is all over the place. And if you think that you're focused, you're really not. It is the mind is such a um, as a theosophical teacher once told me at Madame Blavatsky's house in, in London, like a, you know, an untrained puppy, it's wandering all over the place and you have to keep bringing it back to center with compassion again and again and again. And it takes a long time and it immediately clicked in that if I could do this one thing, all the nonsense aside, all the, you know, magic, spirituality, meditation, Crowley, yogis, for me, the idea of people in robes was and still is the most, you know, appalling kind of thing to think about. But that really, really appealed to me. It became a test. It became a test of will. And it just clicked that if I could do that, I really could do anything. And that became my overwhelming goal. And not just through meditation, I began to meditate very, very seriously, half an hour a day or more, using those basic magic manuals uh, and writing down my sessions. I did this for months and years and just working at it day in, day out. And it takes a long time, but you really, really do begin to see remarkable changes. So as a young man, I really approached it, I think as any young man would approach any learning any skill, whether that was, you know, for young guys mastering computers or guitars or their, you know, whatever they're studying in school, their chosen profession. I think young men in particular very much want to master something and be the best at something. And that's really, that really is how I approached this stuff, not, not just magic, but meditation. And I really, really threw myself at it, but it was, um, I don't want to say not, it, it wasn't without a spiritual focus because it was very spiritual, but I was very young. It's kind of like you don't really get quote unquote, what quote unquote spirituality is, I think, until you're you're older, probably. It probably depends on how much adversity you go through early in life. Some people go through a lot of adversity early, so uh, they, they're a bit accelerated there. But it's kind of like a roommate uh, once told me when I was living in London, I lived with a, a surf bum, English surf bum from Cornwall. Who's, who talked about doing acid as a teenager and he said, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, when you do acid as a teenager, you, there's not a whole lot to get there. I mean, like, what do you, what life experience do you really have to reflect on? So it was kind of like that. It was really important exercise, discipline, and I'm infinitely grateful that I took that on at an early age. In fact, I think that's probably possibly one of, if not the greatest decisions in my life, even though it did not seem like a momentous thing at the time. Uh, and I was very, very grateful that I did it through the lens of the Western magical tradition, even though they're teaching esoteric uh, Eastern techniques, because of the focus on on achievement and precision and not just kind of like, oh, you just have to be nice to yourself and have compassion. Like, no, I wanted it to be athletic. In my early 20s, I kind of, you know, went from there to go off on my great you know, magical gallivanting around the world, going to India, going to Nepal, learning shamanism, studying with Genesis, you know, doing God knows what magic back to back, day after day, wall, wall to, you know, balls to the wall magic for many, many years. And really just like torching myself. I mean, like I, of course, like, again, many young men do, did all the darkest stuff, you know, did all the drugs, did all the craziest stuff and and really just got to a place where I just completely torched myself and was suffering a lot um, because of my own decisions and things that I had done and uh, mistakes that I had made and just kind of like, you know, just the confusion from, uh, from doing so much stuff without any guidance. And that's when meditation became more spiritual for me. It became a matter of life and death. This was around 25, 26. You know, there's a, there's a quote that gets attributed to a lot of people. It gets attributed to David Bowie who knows who originally said it, that, you know, religion is for people who believe in hell, but spirituality is for people who have been there or something like that. And at that point, I can confidently say I had absolutely been there. And so meditation for me now became something that I took seriously, not just as something to master, but with every fiber of my being, I needed it to work. I needed it to work in order to survive, in order to defragment um, my my being in order to defragment my mind after having just 
you know, kind of like gone kamikaze through so many magical systems and conflicting beliefs and, and really confused myself, which is of course experience that is now very, very helpful because it allows me to, to guide and work with students and provide a path that is makes sense and also guide, give guidance to people who are, who are confused. So it was life or death for me. And at that point, meditation became my entire life. What that meant was I, of course, needed to meditate in order to let go of a lot of stuff, but I needed to do it right this time. And I was not at that point satisfied with the Western tradition. I wanted to go back to the source. And this is when I really full on went into the true yoga te- uh, systems in India. And I studied it under a ton of gurus. I went back to India. I went up into the Himalayas. I went up 13,000 feet to the, the, the alleged birthplace of Shiva to the shrine where Ra meditated at the beginning of the Ramayana war for the strength to go to war. I learned true Raja yoga. I learned true Kriya yoga. I learned all of this stuff from the source because I, I wasn't satisfied with getting it from Crowley or somebody like that anymore, although he actually is a pretty good source for the basics. And I needed meditation in order to heal myself. And most specifically, I needed it to work in order for me to cease all of the behaviors and patterns that I was following, which were harming myself. So I was not fucking around at that point. And this is how you should be with meditation, I think. Um, But as you know, probably from your own life, when you need something to work, right? When something is life or death, whatever it is, you get pretty good at it really fast, don't you? And that was certainly the case for me. I got really, really, really good at it. I completely dropped magic at that point. I only cared about meditation. I only cared about Raja Yoga. I only cared about the Eightfold Path of Yoga and subsidiary techniques from things like Buddhism. But primarily what I'm teaching in this course the Eightfold Path of Yoga. Because for me, it was real, it was tangible, it worked, it did not require belief, it was you know, scientific in the sense that it's just a system of, of steps that if you do, you get the results, your mind silences, you become calm, you transcend all of, you know, everything that seemed like a problem when you began meditating no longer does by the time you get off the mat. It just extinguishes the bullshit out of your life. It does. And I needed that. And what I found with Raja Yoga particularly is it's more complicated than just turning off your mind. And this is one of the reasons that people get frustrated when they just sit down to stop thinking. There are a lot of actual steps that you need to go through in order to make that easy, easier. For specifically in the Eightfold Path of Yoga, you need to start by calming your life down. We go over this in the course in great detail. You need to stop doing a lot of stuff in your life to get the drama out of your life. You need to establish a calm life. You, of course, need to first start with asana, which is stilling your body completely. It takes a long time. Then you progress to pranayama. This is like a pyramid, building stages of a pyramid. You progress to pranayama, which is slowing your breath down to phenomenal amounts, sometimes two two minutes to one breath or more, which automatically is like the manual override for your mind. That alone wipes out like 90% of your thinking. It's only from then that you can begin to proceed to single-pointed focus. So there are manual overrides to the mind. and that you don't get at all if you just do these techniques that just tell you to, well, just turn off your mind. Well, you're skipping a ton of steps here. So no wonder people get frustrated. You go from that to pratyahara, which is turning your senses internally. You go next to the stage of concentration, which is what people think meditation is, but it specifically means slowly calming your mind and bringing it to single pointed focus. But that takes a long time. That itself is not meditation. That's concentration, the process of concentrating the mind it is only from then that you then proceed to true meditation, which is single-pointed focus after you have been able to achieve it, taken to a long enough extent, persisted in, meditation becomes samadhi, which is the merging of the meditator with the meditated upon of subject and object. So most people think about meditation, they just think about those last two steps, and they completely miss that there's whole a whole set of six stages you need to do before that. And these commonly available meditation things do not teach people that. And so it's no wonder that people 
take up meditation, get frustrated and say, well, I tried it and I wasn't good at it. I'm not good at meditating. Well, you just weren't given the right technique. And of course, it, you, you didn't persist in it. So I take it very seriously to give people correct techniques because it's hard enough to do on its own, but you don't want to make it impossible for people by giving them the wrong techniques. I mean, here's another example of that. You know, everyone wants to meditate for five minutes, 10 minutes, right? And that's good at first, but meditation doesn't really kick in until the hour mark. You need to, this is something I really discovered again and again for myself. It takes about 50 minutes for your mind to calm down. So if you meditate for an hour, you really will only get to the good stuff in the last 10 minutes. So is it any surprise, and people are not told this, or, or the people that are, are talking about it don't actually have the experience, which is also quite likely. So is it any wonder that if really it does take an hour and people are being told to meditate 5-10 minutes, that of course they're not going to get it, they're going to be frustrated and they're going to give up. It's not a surprise to me at all. Of course, you know, it takes a long time to train yourself to get to an hour and so you can't drop right into it right away. You need to work your way up to it just like, you know, you don't go to the gym and try to lift the heaviest weight at once, which is why it is so important to have a graded training program of the type that I've created in Mastering Meditation that will get you there progressively, step by step in a way that is is very clear, straightforward, not stressful, and has all the guesswork taken out of it. So that's what I did. And by the time I was 30, I mean, I, for those of you who have followed me longer, uh, it, first of all, thank you. There are a few of you who've been following my work for a long time. If you've been following my work for a long time, you you may remember that there was a period where I just wasn't doing much. I kind of was not publishing. This was after the first Ultra Culture Journal came out, which was about this stuff. But so I would say from probably, I mean, basically the first Obama administration, um, towards the end of the last Bush administration, and 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 basically during the first Obama administration. Uh, I, I just wasn't really doing much. I wasn't publishing anything. I was not doing stuff on the web. Um, I was working. I was doing something different, which was I was just meditating. That That's it. That's all I was doing. And in order to facilitate that, I had just gotten a, a day job. I just got a desk job so that I could go to work, do you know, what was required of me, go home and meditate and live that existence and just stabilize my existence. So no more drama, no more magic, no more online drama, no more making myself seem bigger than life, just living a very, very basic, simple, straightforward life, going to work, coming back, meditating, repeating. And I was actually living on the grounds of the Self-Realization Fellowship in Los Angeles while I was doing that, so which was interesting. I had a, I was surrounded by people doing the same thing. And so it was an, an, I was living an anonymous existence and that was really good in a lot of ways. I, I was, it was very freeing. It took the stress off of having to perform being somebody, at, you know, and, and so I was getting to this point where I was meditating, you know, four hours a day, eight hours a day. I was studying under a, a serious Kriya Yoga guru. I was going to India. I was doing the whole thing. Um, and I'd been doing this for many years, you know, but I just got into this phase where it just, the, the goal was just to, to stabilize my life. And, and then I somehow got sucked back into doing this, but, and here we are, because uh, I just got too frustrated with the state of the world. So I decided to have a say in it and here we are. But that's kind of where I got to by the time I was 30. And that was beautiful because I stabilized all the chaos of my early 20s and became an adult. And I'm totally grateful for that experience now. I'm totally grateful. And uh, without that, I could not be doing what I'm doing now. There was another aspect to that, which is, as I mentioned before, when you really get into meditation, it's so enjoyable. It's so fulfilling it fulfills all of your emotional needs. You realize that you can truly just have nothing and sit on a mat and the whole universe is yours and all the joy that is to be had in, in all the universe is yours and you're no longer distracted by illusions or the clinging of the ego or the aversions of the ego or the, the pressure to uphold a stable identity, the, the pressure to be somebody you're just dwelling in pre-verbal bliss in, in, 
I hate to use spiritual terminology, but you know, what feels like cosmic bliss all the time. And, and so nothing, you know, it's like, you know, a PlayStation is nothing compared to that or, you know, the drama of playing a role in the world or, or, or anything, or, or, you know, uh, having a social group or any of that, it just becomes silly to you and you're free. And I will say this, I mean, meditation truly is the only way to be, or certainly the most direct way that I know of to be free within this, uh, very frustrating, often frustrating universe that we live in. And certainly within this very, um, non-free, shall we say, without getting into details, political situation in the world that we live in right now, where no matter who you are, it probably feels like the walls are perpetually closing in. It's true freedom, which is another reason why it frustrates me so much. And I don't want to be conspiratorial, why people are given like shallow or fake meditation techniques that are not going to do much for them when, you know, it's, it's the key to liberation. So, like I said, I take it very seriously. This is, you know, in a, in a sense, even more serious than my, what I do teaching magic. It's like my job in a very serious, deep and true sense is teaching these techniques. And so I say this before the world and God, it is my utmost responsibility and demand of myself to present this material clearly. And that is something that I hold myself to a unbelievably high standard to and more than pretty much anything. I mean, you know, more than writing, I can certainly goof off on the podcast and things like that. I can goof off talking about magic, but this is, um, I I consider a, a serious, a serious, serious, serious responsibility. And that's how I've approached this course. So hopefully that kind of gives you an idea where I'm coming from. Let me talk a little bit about what this course is and how it works. So Again, if if you've taken mega courses on magic.me, you know a little bit what to expect. This one is much better constructed. It is much more focused. It is very direct. It is already recorded. It is not live. It's meant to be taken over the course of about eight weeks. And it's I'm going to stress this. It's for only serious students. Okay. You don't need to have taken any courses prior to this. You don't need to have any meditation experience. In fact, it might be better not to have any so that you don't have preconceptions. Uh, But you don't need to have taken any of the courses at magic.me. You don't need um, to have already studied meditation, anything like this. But you do need to be very, very serious and, and, and treat this for what it is, which is a very serious and important training system that needs to be completed. Um, you can take, you know, you can certainly take your time with it and take longer if you need, but, uh, it does need to be completed and it should be taken very seriously. It's not entertainment. It's not something just to watch, uh, to be entertained and, and learn about meditation. Um, I, the people who take this course, I want to be serious about getting the benefits from it. So very broadly speaking, it's meant to be taken over about eight weeks. Each week teaches one limb of yoga. We're teaching Raja Yoga, the eight limbs of yoga, which is, you know, thousands of years old, tens of thousands perhaps, but was primarily codified in the Middle Ages by the Garaknathi sect in India. And just to recap those eight rungs, first week, let's just say weeks, okay, first week is stabilizing your life and getting out all the influences that are causing too much drama. The next week is inculcating better habits and better mental habits to live a much more stable, drama-free, meditative existence. Because the goal here is we want to minimize outside distractions, drama, and emotional stress um, and and the behaviors that cause those. So the first two weeks are just kind of um, situating your life in the same way that during that time you will be, you know, kind of constructing a meditation area for yourself, carving out time in your schedule during your day that you can meditate kind of laying laying the groundwork but they're very very critical and I've I've I'm teaching this I think in a very innovative way rather than just giving you dictums to live by I think you'll be very interested and impressed by the methodology I use to to go through this stuff third week is asana which is getting a just basic meditation pose that you can hold still in for long periods of time and training yourself in that Third, or excuse me, fourth week is pranayama, which I'm going to teach you real pranayama techniques, which 
you know, if you've taken some of my other courses, I've kind of uh, not gotten too far into, but in this class, we really get into it. We also talk about Kundalini, what Kundalini is, Kundalini phenomenon, how to work with those during that week, which pretty much nobody talks about um, in any realistic way. Uh, so that part, I think, is particularly important uh, because my students do do experience Kundalini phenomenon as they as they work with this stuff, and that's been really interesting to develop methodology around. Um, it's so interesting to, as an aside, just to see this self as see this stuff as a teacher and see tons of you know I've worked with probably thousands of thousands of people at this point and seeing the same things repeating in the same way for so many different people from so many different walks of life. You get it from a totally different angle than just doing it yourself. Uh, really, really phenomenal. You get to see what's real and what's not. Anyways, week five is Pratyahara or withdrawing the senses. Week six is Dharana, concentration, focusing the mind. Seven is Dhyana, meditation, single-pointed focus. And then finally, week eight, we talk about Samadhi. So, the idea with this course, first of all, we start off light. For the first week, you're only going to be doing about fi five minutes a day of work, right? Or, or a little bit more if you want. Second week will be 10 minutes. Um, and so we start off light. And the idea there is to ease you in and to give you time to begin to structure your schedule. So if you feel right now that your schedule is too crazy, don't worry. Uh, just hop into the course. It gives you the material and the structure you need to gradually begin to work in meditation into your life because we're all super busy. It's a big ask even just to immediately drop somebody into 30 minutes a day and, and you shouldn't start that way. So each week we're going to add in about 10 minutes until by the end of the course, by week eight, you're going to be meditating for an hour a day. So the idea here is not just to tell you about meditation, it's to make you into a meditator. It's about building a pattern into your life, which you can then take and that can last you a lifetime. You're going to get all the techniques. You're going to get everything you need to last you a lifetime. And we're going to build in the discipline in those two months that you can then carry, uh, carry forward into the future. Now, am I claiming that you're going to become an all enlightened master meditator within two months? No. I'm not. That is not possible, right? What I am claiming is that I'm going to give you all the techniques. You're going to understand them. You will know how to use them correctly, and you will then be set up. You'll be trained. You'll have everything you need to then be able to persist on your own for, for as long as you wish in order to get to deeper and deeper and deeper benefits. And one thing I will say about meditation is all of it, you know, you've probably heard the the cliched phrase, the path is the destination. That really is true with meditation in the same way that it is in a less mystical sense with exercise. All exercise is good for you. Yes, you want to add weight, you want to add length of exercise, things like this, and you will get progressively better and better and better at it. But it is all healthy for you. It all builds on itself. It all uh, improves your quality of life from the very get-go. And I think just like exercise, meditation truly is exercise for the brain. I think that's a very non-religious, straightforward way to think about it. Just like with physical exercise, meditation just gets better and better. And it seems to have no terminal point. It seems to have, there seems to be no end to it. It just continues to deepen and add to your life and get better with every session on the mat. And, and I can really say that now having done it for 25 years. Um, the more you do it, the better it is. And, and you, again, you won't really want to do anything else. So the idea here is to bring you up to the skill level of a serious long-term meditator uh, in two months instead of 20 years. And this is the same thing that I say about my classes on magic. Can you learn this stuff yourself? Yes. Can you learn the material? Yes. Can you, you know, go to India? Can you spend 20 years as I did? Um, getting all the information and mastering this and figuring out what's real and what's not. Yes, you definitely can, but why not get a jump start and get it all in two months and then not have to spend all that time and money. In this class, you will be brought up to the skill level of a serious long-term meditator. 
you will achieve levels of mastery or at least get previews of levels of mastery in this course that other systems or groups simply don't touch. And if that's controversial, that's fine. Okay. Like I, I really don't care. We're going to go so much deeper than that in this course. I hope you've already gotten a preview of that. Um, we're going to go through every single rung of yoga and we're going to we're going to talk about the things that happen along the path as well. You're obviously going to be getting this progressive daily instruction in mastering Raja Yoga. You're going to get a step-by-step system of meditation, which again has worked for tens of thousands of years, uh, potentially at least thousands of years, and will work for as long as humanity has the same nervous system. It has worked for people throughout all places, times, and, and, and backgrounds, and it will work for you. If you persist in it, it will work for you. I promise you that. But you're going to get a lot more. You're going to get clear, straightforward guidelines on how to structure your life in order to support that practice. You're going to get guidelines on building a personal meditation space to support you in your path and information on the correct tools to assemble to set yourself up for success all of which are optional, by the way. You don't need to buy anything extra to take the class, but there is stuff that we recommend, which is pretty cool and makes things easier. We're even going to talk about using modern uh, digital technology, which I'm really excited about. And you've probably heard me talking about before because we've used it in other courses, but it really comes into its own. In this class, we're going to be actually using neurofeedback tools to actually monitor what the brain is doing instead of just guessing at what might be happening. That's never been possible before in history. To my knowledge, no other meditation teacher has ever done that. Use actual neurofeedback to get actual analytics on what the brain is doing over long-term meditation. I may be wrong, but as far as I know, I am the only one to have done that. And I'm my students have had just been blown away by that. And I'm really excited about that as an ongoing project at magic.me. So we're going to be using neurofeedback trackers and also other digital trackers to monitor vital signs for those who want to participate in that in order to get precise analytics and measurements on exactly what we're doing. So it's black and white. It's not woo-woo. It's not mystical. You'll be able to see the brain change. You're obviously going to get lots of guidance on asana, on mastering your physical body, on establishing an unbreakable meditation posture. It's all demonstrated in this course. We have video demonstrations of all the uh, asana and pranayama techniques, so it's crystal clear. You're going to be trained how to use pranayama in detail with video, and that's yogic breathing, which, as I mentioned, will help you silence your mind, and just that alone will not only help you achieve states of ecstatic bliss and transcendence, but is pretty phenomenally good for your health. I mean, as in not, not, not that much else in the world has that many, that much profound benefit for your entire, the health of your entire system, physical, mental, everything. You're going to find out how to train your mind to silent focus, how to develop deep meditation states, and all of these things that are going to lead to a profound improvement and unbelievable personal growth in literally every other area of your life. And this is not hyperbole. Again, those who have meditated before know what I'm talking about. Meditation is the one skill outside of potentially exercise and diet that will improve not just when you improve your skill in meditation, you're not just improving your meditation ability, you're improving literally every single other area of your life. And all you need to do to prove that is look at the biographies of most of the most successful people in the world. And you will often, if not always find some type of meditation practice in there. This is the technique of of real winners in life. And winning, by the way, does not mean necessarily the physical world, because most of the masters of meditation walk around India naked, and they are in a sense richer than, you know, Elon Musk, because they have everything, uh, the whole universe is theirs. So, You're going to find out how to stabilize and navigate the path of meditation. And obviously, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to give you a lot of clear guidance on all of the controversial stuff in meditation that people brush over, I think, too easily. We're going to talk about Kundalini, which again, nobody understands properly, I think. 
um, and people do need clear guidance on because it is a set of phenomena that do happen while meditating. We're going to talk about what cities actually are, the quote unquote magical powers that develop with meditation and how to navigate that. We're going to talk about the concept of gurus and, you know, there's obviously a lot of controversy around gurus. This is kind of a minefield of controversy. So, we're going to we're going to cut our way through that territory as well so that you have clear a clear sense of that and what's good and what's not. And, you know, because it's me, I'm going to be talking a lot about the context of these things as well because meditation does not occur in a vacuum. I'm going to be giving you a lot of the philosophy of meditation, the history, the political context of meditation and yoga because there actually is a lot of, um, there's a ton of political context to this stuff. Again, it's not just in a vacuum. I'm going to give you an overview of all the major schools of meditation. There's a lot, how they're different, whether you should choose one over another, you know, even down to basic, you know, engineering questions like the difference between Buddhist and Hindu meditation styles. Um, There's a lot to cover there and that is often really, really kept vague for Western students and I, I think it's really important to have a clear understanding of that stuff. There's just going to be a ton here. You're going to get the greatest and the best that the most ancient schools of meditation have and the best that the most modern technology, including neurofeedback and wearable technology has to offer the best of the best. And you get a certificate of completion upon finishing to show everyone that you are now a master of reality. So, when you take the course, you're going to go straight into practice. We get straight to the good stuff. You're going to be building your practice. This is a a course that you do. It is experiential. You're going to get all the information that you need and it's going to be focused much, much more on practice than on me talking or, or anything like that. I'm just going to be giving you the clear, direct guidance on how to get right to it with no BS or overhead. It's not live, just to clarify that. It's all pre-recorded, it's edited, great video, great audio, you know, recorded on a DSLR camera. You know, it's just a beautiful course. Everything, by the way, if you are hearing impaired or you don't speak English as a first language, no problem. We have typed up transcripts of every single unit if you're hearing impaired. And if you speak English as, or you you don't want to take it in English as the primary language, all you have to do is open the pages with Google and turn on Google's translate and it will translate it into whatever language that you speak. Pretty quick workaround there. Um, And all you need to take it is, you can pretty much take it on any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, phone. You know, it's just mainly video units, written material. You can take it on any device. You don't need any special gear to take it. You will need to kind of establish at least a personal area for yourself to meditate in every day. But that can be as simple as a folded up blanket all the way to, you know, hell, build your own meditation temple in your house if you want. But again, very, very simple, no frills, no BS. The things you need to take the class are seriousness about learning, really, truly wanting to learn, and at least the willingness to by eight weeks into the course, be able to establish about an hour of meditation a day. And again, we ease into that. And that will not seem like a big deal at all eight weeks in. So, no special gear needed, no previous experience needed. Um, If you have physical disabilities that would prevent you from deep breathing or holding still for long periods of time, you are welcome to email us. We have our contact on the page if you have any questions about that and we can help you think about that and work through that. Uh, You may need to talk to a uh, physician depending on your circumstances. But there there is a physical component which is sitting still and deep breathing. So, Um, Just be aware of that and you're welcome to email us with any questions that you have. We're happy to work with you in adapting the practice because it does not need to be, you know, it can be adapted and we're happy to work with you on that. So, of course, we want to make this course as available as possible for people who truly want to take it. We have payment plans. It can be worked into even the busiest schedule. We're all busy now. It's 2022 in these streets. We're all busy. It has been constructed in such a way that you can work it into your schedule. So that's all been taken care of. And of course, just like everything else that I offer, we have a 100% money back guarantee. If you sign up for it and 
I don't know why this would be, but if for some reason you're not satisfied with it, all you need to do is contact our support team before washing your fourth unit and we will refund 100% of your money, 100%. So you've got no risk whatsoever in taking the class. So try it, jump in. Let me read you just a few testimonials just to give you a sense of what other students have said who have taken other courses, specifically other meditation courses from me. Rob Z says, I have practiced meditation since 2008, and my journey has taken me from solo meditation to studying Tibetan Buddhism with a Lama. Hands down, Jason's meditation course on magic.me is the most powerful and succinct meditation spiritual course that I've ever taken, and it got me past a six-year stuck point. I believe he's a financial executive, actually. I'm very happy with that quote. Drew P says, the value that Jason Liu has provided is beyond anything I have seen in the community and in academia thus far. I've been in the training and education profession for over a decade. The compendium of knowledge and supplementary material that Jason has assembled is only rivaled by the highest echelon of academic providers. The integration of technology, i.e. biofeedback tools, web-based analytics, and ubiquitous blended learning techniques to extend the classroom beyond the traditional setting are all hallmarks of an instructor that understands how to truly integrate the course material into a highly impactful class that benefits from the best technological tools available. In summary, this course is a steal for the price. Wes P says, truly the most return for the money I have ever gotten. No woo-woo at all, just hours of disciplined activity, focused effort, and hard questions to ask and answer yourself. I recommend the school to you if you are ready to give everything and want to discover what it is you want and how to get it. Jason packs the classes with valuable information and you can wring the juice out of them and into your own life. Finally, M says, this was about our last course, money and time well spent, no regrets and nothing left but to put the lessons into practice, experiment with and integrate them and see just where it leads me. I've never been disappointed by a course and Jason never fails to give me not just enough, but more than I can handle in a good way. I'm set for life with the amount of work ahead of me with everything I've learned about and look forward to whatever he dishes out next. Much love and respect always. Thank you very much to my students who said those very, very nice things about courses. So in Mastering Meditation, you of course get the true style of meditation, but what does that really mean? It means you will live longer. You will live a more fulfilling life. You will have fulfilling relationships with everyone in your life. Sex will be better. You will be smarter. You will be more emotionally happy. You will have more emotional well-being. You will be healthier. You will be more insightful. You will be more creative. You will be better in your career. You will have greater financial success. Pretty good deal, I would say. Okay, you get basically everything. I'm really looking forward to you taking this class. It is, I say, truly the greatest class we have ever done at Magic.me. It is the one that we pulled every single stop out on. Of course, we get better with every class, but this one I'm truly, truly proud of, not just for the presentation, but also the material. I can say, I will say before God and the universe, I believe this is probably the best course on meditation on the planet right now. Yes, I said it. It is absolutely outstanding. I will see you in class. We're going to have a great time. To get the class, go to magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. It is called Mastering Meditation. It is right there at the top of the page. You can clock it because it's got the animated image of the meditator. It's available now. All right, see you in class. Hang in there. Lots of love.